0: well good morning everyone Um, it's good to be with you this morning Uh, by now all five of you should have your handouts so I have I have much to share with you this morning and I I really had a a difficult time trying to um, to determine what to leave out what to keep in and um, because things are rapidly changing for all of us in a good way Um, I know over the last oh, two to three years, for for us, things have really um, uh, been been different, challenging. Um, but we should all know by now that you know the things we're going to face are um, just there's different seasons and times that we we walk in with the Lord, and I'm glad it's with the Lord, and I'm glad He's with us no matter what we're walking through. Um, because without his presence with us, we would not be able to make it. And, um, but I know things have, he's changed. We're in a different time frame, and I know he's changed the atmospheres that we've, we're walking in in a good way. He's allowed us to walk through some very, very dark times, which was necessary for what's to come but that has been absolutely from my perspective absolutely changed in a good way and I'm very grateful you know I'm thankful for the the, the valley but you know I feel like we're we're on the mountaintop now for for a season I don't know how long it's gonna last uh, doesn't mean we we, we won't experience um, things that are not necessarily pleasant because we it's 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 kind of an up and down kind of a, a thing it's um, and and that's that's just the way the walk is but when I say that the atmosphere has been absolutely changed for the good it has been it has been revolutionized by the Lord and and he's preparing us for I think a great release of his spirit into the earth in this in this last phase of this year that we are it's going to leave us all stunned by what he does and how he begins to really uh, expand and explode in new areas and in new churches and um so I'm very encouraged by that and um in this in the beginning i I have a verse that I, that I want to proclaim over all of you and over our network because this is a verse that the Lord kind of dropped in my in my thinking oh about three or four weeks ago and um, so I just want to read it and it's about restoration. And it's, it's in a well-known passage in Joel 2, in verse 25 it says this, and I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the cankerworm, the caterpillar, and the pommel my great army which I have sent unto you. And you shall eat plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. And you will know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. He says that twice. And it shall come to pass, and here it leads into this, and I had not seen this before in this manner, um, and because it's because of where we are. It's the, it's the timing of the Lord and how God has revolutionized the spirit realm and, and where we're at as a people, you know. I reflect back, and I'm going to finish reading here in a minute. But I'm reflecting back over the last couple of months how it was horrible. I'm just telling you, it was so dark. It was so, and I remember teaching about it up here, and I know pastors taught on it, and 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 all of us have felt this in different ways, and we describe it in different ways, but it's it's just different perspectives. But it it was horrible and and for a long time you 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 know what you see in dreams or in visions and and you sense the the, the darkness and, and but sometimes you don't necessarily even though you know it's there you may not have an understanding of what it is you're walking through and, and 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 until he drops a verse or or somebody says something and it triggers something in you and at the end of January the last couple of weeks of January I began to feel a major atmospheric change just I mean overnight. It's like you go to bed in gross darkness and you wake up in the light the next day. That was that was the the contrasting of of what was happening in the spirit and ever since then I knew I knew that the Lord was was changing things for us and and at that point we were transitioning out of the treasures of darkness, we're still in there, don't get me wrong, but the atmosphere has changed. There's this misery that I've felt for so long and this confusion and doubt. All these different things from these rulers of the darkness is gone. I mean, it's absolutely not there anymore. And I'm grateful for that, and that 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 tells me a lot of things. Number one is it tells me that we're the Lord has changed the atmosphere, obviously, and then secondly that He's moving us into something where we have a measure of uh, of a of a crown of authority that's been given to us. And there's a whole other host of things that could be could be said about that, but I know that He's He's bringing restoration of of things that maybe we felt like. Uh, he's restoring the years is what i'm saying he's bringing a restoration and he's giving us plenty and he's and he's making us to where we feel this measure of his satisfaction inside of us in ways that we haven't experienced to this point and then if you keep reading then he says i will pour out my spirit upon all flesh that comes after the restoration of the years and that comes after he says i'm going to give you plenty i'm going to bring satisfaction um then he says i'm going to pour out my spirit and then as a result of that the dreams the visions the prophecy and all that comes forth from his spirit and so i just want to proclaim that over all of you that the lord is restoring and he's giving back more than enough and he's bringing plenty, and he's bringing a spiritual satisfaction to all of us in this new season and in this, this new year that we're moving into. It's incredible. It's it's the direct opposite of what we've been facing over the number of months. And for some of it, some of us, it's been a little bit longer than that. But but that's okay. That's okay. So um, I don't know if you feel that or not, but it is. It's it's here. It's upon us. And. Um, so I'm I'm very encouraged in the Lord that He's 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 taking care of all of us. He really is. And and there's times where the enemy came in like a flood, um, you know, and the Spirit of the Lord's gonna raise up a standard against him. There's times where the enemy thought he had us and he was kind of laughing at us. And he can laugh all he wants to, but the Lord knows knows exactly where we are. And and sometimes I'll be honest with you, I feel like I'm overtaken by the evil that we're, we're, we're coming up against. You feel that as an intercessor. You feel that. I mean, because we can't overcome anything in our own strength. We, we can't. It's only by His Spirit, and His Spirit can overcome anything, and His Spirit can give us, um, can cause us to outrun a chariot. I mean, if, if Elijah could do that, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible as long as we are relying on the Lord's Spirit within us to do the impossible. Anything and, and the things we're, we're coming into are just absolutely astounding. So that's kind of the, 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 the starting point of this lesson. And the title of this thing, I mean, we could really go off on, this, on the title of this and <laughs> speak for weeks and weeks and months and months. God is giving has given us and people like us the ability to see what the father is doing to see what he's actually doing in the spirit and then partner with him in it what an incredible privilege and seeing doesn't necessarily mean just open vision even though that's there I mean you don't have to see it in order to believe it right you can sense what God's doing, and and I've tried to explain that in in my own way, by saying, contrasting the the last few months or years of 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 how we've been walking through darkness, and notice I said through it. And and then not being overcome by it, and then gross darkness comes, and then you feel the light of the Lord in the midst of all of that. So it's a combination of darkness and light, and it's it's a combination of where even though you feel like... Is this making any sense to anybody? Okay, I just feel kind of weird up here for some reason. But we are overcomers. We are more than conquerors through Him. We can't conquer on our own. I mean, we, we all, if we if we had a moment to, to create a 30-second uh, clip for saints that are coming on board in this new year... We would all say, we know we are more than conquerors, but it's through Him. We can overcome only through Him. And it's amazing to see and to feel and be a part of this incredible walk of of being a saint. And we all know it's not easy being cheesy. But it's it's very difficult at times, and it has to be. I mean... How are we going to overcome anything if, if nothing ever was hard or, or difficult? You know? And you know, this mentality in the church like, is everything should all be good and rosy and peachy. And if you're facing anything that's beyond that, oh, you've done something wrong or you've really screwed up, that's not true. That's not true. The Apostle Paul, I mean, did he screw up by having a messenger of Satan buffet him? Was it a lack of faith? There's nothing of that in there. It just shows that if you're truly moving in an apostolic manner, you're going to be facing off with demonic forces uh, that, that are satanic. It's just part of it. And so this morning, I present to you some areas of, of what I feel the Lord has directed me that he's, he's going to focus on as we move forward in this new year. And th- these things have been touched on in the past. They have. But I really feel like that we are are actively seeing what the Father is doing in heaven and we are seeing what he's doing in the Spirit. And there's four things that he's kind of focused my heart on. And that's number one, he's going to be bringing function to people all across the world and wherever he sends us in this year. He's focused on bringing complete wholeness. The establishment of houses of prayer or proshuke places, and then there's this last thing that I, I had never seen before, but uh, it's it's this wisdom, and it's it's described as first being pure or hagnos, and that stems from hagios, and then that stems from hagos, and that means he the, the the thing that's awful, it looks really ugly. So, I think that's really really critical for us is that wisdom is focused on we say taking the darkness into the light, okay? So, but also in this regard, wisdom is focused on something that is not functioning. It may be ugly and marred and t- turning it into something beautiful or something that's saintly. And that's some of the things he's going to be doing in a greater way as we move forward. That's exciting to me. And so with that in mind, last Sunday morning during the worship time, man, the Lord is doing some, he's always moving and speaking and and, and saying things to all of us in different ways, but man, he just started to cause me to really focus on you know I know we're in the month of the evangelists, and that's part of this some of the reasons why I feel like he directed me this way, but you know when pastor spoke on 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 that uh, that message about uh there's nothing without dunamis, that really that really did something in the realm in a, in a very unique way <laughs> let me just say that and but that really kind of unlocks some things in my thinking and in my heart about okay wait a minute that's that's really that's a revolutionary word it really is because it says a lot of things but my mind immediately shifted over to okay what does what does god really see when he when he peers out from his throne and he's his eyes, sir, and look across the world, the entire earth, it says. "What is What does he see? And after that came, the next thought came was dysfunction, which is the opposite of function. And I thought, okay. So I started going through, okay, breaking down the prefix, prefix dysfunction versus function. It's totally the opposite. And so... I've just kind of put these terms here to kind of read through them as we go through this teaching. So when we talk about dysfunction, it relates to the medical field. It relates to the family. And I put a couple of definitions here for you. As in the medical field, whenever, whenever things are talked about as dysfunctional, it's, it's any disturbance or abnormality in the function of an organ or a part. And so when God looks down from His throne He can see dysfunction and He can see function right and we know that the dunamis comes to bring function and you see that all throughout the New Testament all over the place power's gone out of me and as a result of that the woman with the issue of blood began to what? she began to function because dunamis had been applied and He sees Man, it just, when he looks at his church across the entire earth, what do you think he sees? Truly, 20 years ago, what did he see in us? Or what did he see here in this house? Did he see this house functioning the way he, that was part of his divine design? Maybe in some ways, but in a lot of ways, He, he identified places within all of us and in it, uh, that were, were not functioning in accordance with the way He created all of us. So when we talk about seeing what the Father's doing, we're talking about His, his eyes, His Spirit within us, too, targeting places that are dysfunctional, people and individuals that are dysfunctional families i mean this 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 hits on every major area within the church and so what does he do okay he starts talking to us about all of these things and he says you know what i'm identifying and i'm showing you dysfunction in you but i've got power that can cause function so as we move forward in this new year he's going to be doing a lot of different things he's going to look and and i know that how many times have you been in prayer And you've come to realize through his spirit that he's, maybe he's targeted something in you that's not functioning properly. All of us in this room can honestly say we did not have any idea what it meant to be a diver's intercessor, right? Every one of us, that we were not functioning the way God designed us. And then... So what had what had to happen? Well, he dunamis was applied to bring function. We did we may have didn't call it that way back then, but that's what happened. There was explosiveness applied, and that gift came alive. That's pretty good there. You good. have to write that one down. But this is really, really this is a incredible thing the Lord has really said over and over again in a lot of different ways. So let's look at it from a family standpoint. We've all maybe maybe you grew up in a family literally where there was total dysfunction. You know there there's signs of dysfunction all around us. Families are being torn apart. They're not operating the way God intended it to. And let's bring that over into the family of God. The family of God and churches and individuals are not functioning the way He's designed them to. We have the word of the Lord, the word of Yahweh, to go and speak. And when we declare things like being a diver's intercessor, that capability is on the inside of every person on this planet. And we know that everybody's not going to accept that, right? Some are just going to say, oh, that's not diver's intercession. That, that's, not, that's not what that means. Oh, that's not a grace gift. Well, that's what it says it is, right? And so we have that word in us. We have the privilege of releasing words like that to people. And, and we know this, but there's something inherent within where we are in this time frame. Whenever, we, whenever we're sent forth, we all know this, I believe that things are really going to begin to happen in a rapid manner as we, as we move forward. From this, from this point on in wisdom and revelation, God is really going to begin to do some remarkable things in people. Because that's what his eyes are looking at. He's looking. Can he see dysfunction? Yes, he sees everything, right? But is that really what he's wanting to focus on? No, he's wanting to focus on, okay, that person there, I have have earmarked them to move as a diver's intercessor. And then he begins to visit them with dunamis, and it comes alive, and they begin to function in that way. So we've looked at the medical terminology here, but if we look at it from a family perspective, Definition: It means to the failure to show the characteristics or to fulfill the purposes accepted as normal or beneficial, and that relates to a, a dysfunctional family. So this is this is a question, not rhetorical. When you when you hear the word dysfunction, what what comes to mind for you? What do you think about? No kidding, our, our government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true, right? We definitely need a we need some function there, right? Les were you? Well any any situation. Anybody grow up in a dysfunctional family in here? Uh with. yeah that is a good question what What is normal? Okay, let me ask you this. When you hear the word malfunction, is that the same as dysfunction? A little bit of a different prefix. They're similar. But if you look at the definition there, malfunction means failure to function properly. So there is a bit of function, but it's not being used. Properly or to the fullest extent that uh, uh, God intends it. Now, there are a lot of people that are in in the malfunctional stage. They They may be functioning as an intercessor where they bring their list before God. But is that really what a true intercessor? We know that that's not biblically what a true intercessor is all about. So we're being sent as individuals that can help bring function into the body, that can also focus on malfunctioning that are are going on within the body of Christ. Because every church, I know this, every church should be functioning in sonship. I mean, that's God's design. Nancy?
1: When I think of malfunction, I think of things that are functioning properly
0: Got any ideas of what would cause a malfunction? That you're
1: you got a malfunction at the function junction.
0: Okay. <laughs> Too many junctions, right?
1: I think in the church, I think any one of us can. You know, different seasons are different, and and sometimes they trip us up, and sometimes individually. We're not functioning up to par. Would you say that's true? Yeah, so I would say that's d- definitely in true. The, in the synergy of you know the koinonia of our flow, can any one of us create a malfunction? I know I can. Oh, through iniquity or something. Yeah, through iniquity, we're all dealing with that, and so I think it's something, yeah, that we need help with.
0: Yeah, we're I mean, well we're humble
1: enough to say that.
0: Mm-hmm. No, it, it's it's true. It's it's. I can definitely you know i'll be the first to raise my hand that there there's times where you you do get tripped up or you 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 may any anytime we're talking about like you know we there used to be a lot of emphasis on you know the principalities many years ago and we and, and we still deal with them but one of the main members of the hierarchy has been the the rulers of the darkness because of the year that we're going into and these guys don't play. <laughs> I mean, they really don't and and it and it's okay to say that because like I said earlier, the Lord has changed the atmosphere. He's 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 helping us in ways that we can't help ourselves, but in the midst of that, when you're wrestling a rulers Ruler of the darkness of the world, they tend to kind of rub off on you, and and they can affect you in ways that you never thought you could be affected by, and and you know there's the, the messages about the sprinkling of the blood the, that is so important. You having our garments rolled in blood, you know, and we we've got to having our robes washed in white. We that's that's so essential when we're going through. Intense warfare like that. So, yeah, I mean, we can malfunction. I did, you know. I, there's nothing wrong with admitting you are not perfect. That's where the overcoming comes in. And that's exactly right. And, and I believe that as we declare from that, even, you, even speaking about darkness, some people are always going to go, oh, you shouldn't do that. You know, you're glorifying the enemy. No, I'm not. It's a matter of perspective. We are exposing the darkness when we speak that way and when you when you do that and 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 see people that and i don't mean it's bad but people that have they're really ignorant of spiritual things they can't see the crowns that you're wearing or they can't see the the, the way God has outfitted us and the way we, that new crown I mentioned that we've, we've, we've gotten that's helped us overcome, these demonic forces, they see that. And they go, okay, they've overcome that. And there's some, I can't explain it all, but other than, I know that they recognize those that are in authority. And they recognize those that have truly overcome. And they, they know you've walked through the darkness and not let it overcome you. Even though you might have had a malfunction in the midst of it. God knows all of that stuff. God knows six months from now what we're all going to face. And his objective is not, to, not for us to fail. He never wants us to feel shame like a double issuance that I spoke about from Joel. He doesn't want us to feel shame. He doesn't want us to feel like we're a, an absolute failure. It's not his objective that we remain under the juniper tree even though he knows we're going to be there. He knew Elijah was gonna face that. He knew that when Jezebel released that word that there was gonna be an atmosphere that would overtake, seem to overtake Elijah. God knew all of that and he was still there to help Elijah or whoever it might be, Monica, Mark or whoever, we've all spent time under that tree. There's no shame in admitting that. I hear so many people say, Whenever, whenever you speak, whoever it might be, if it's Pastor up here or, or Les, any one of us speaking about something that we've walked through, somebody out there has always come back and said, that helped me, I'm glad that I, I, I heard that, because it did something on the inside of them. So we never need to, need to stray back from, from say, speaking like that, because it is can be a major encouragement to those that even hear it. And so, yes, malfunction.
1: Could have is a normal function develops a malfunction which, left unchecked, becomes a dysfunction.
0: I'll let Rick elaborate on that. He'll be teaching next week on that. And then that leads to the term function. And this just, these are dictionary definitions Um, the kind of action or activity proper to a person, thing, or institution. So the purpose for which something is designed or exists. And that last part is really describing when we use the term function, we're saying that we are operating in the purpose that God originally designed for all of us. And you think about over the last 20 plus years, God has been constantly showing us how he he has designed all of us to function. But he doesn't leave us there to try to Do it on our own. We can't. You could not make yourself be a diver's intercessor. It took dunamis to activate that and cause you to function in that way. It takes grace to be applied in that that same scenario. So with these terms firmly in our minds, I started to think of all these questions started to flood my mind. And I just put them down here for you. Questions to consider. So what does Yahweh see when he looks at individuals? When he looks at all of us this morning, is he looking at beauty? Is he looking at the outward appearance? Is he looking at what we're wearing? Can he see all of those things? Yes. That is not the focal point of the eyes of Yahweh. He's looking deep on the inside into the the secret place, into the hidden man of the heart, And he wants to see if that area that he created is functioning the way he designed it to. That's what he's looking for. That's what his eyes, when it says his eyes are running, I love the terminal, running to and fro throughout the entire earth. He's looking deep within mankind. And he's giving us that message. And man, when we go in as his spokesperson, we know because he's taught us what he's focused on and we can confidently speak on his behalf and say to every person and every church where he leads that he is he's called you he's designed you to be an intercessor and he's looking for that that message is never going to change right So what does Yahweh see when he looks at churches Does Yahweh respond when He sees His creation not functioning in accordance with His divine plan and purpose? Does He respond? Does He respond when He he sees His church not functioning in accordance with His divine plan and purpose? Or does He just stand back without trying to intervene or help? Does He just ignore when He sees people and He sees churches... Not functioning the way he designed them to. Does he just ignore? No. I think there's something within his makeup, the heart, and in his mind. And it's called jealousy. <laughs> his divine jealousy. Has he not taught us about that? He's jealous for his people. He's jealous for his church. And I don't for one second believe that he's going to stand by quietly, and just ignore I know there's times where we might feel the spirit saying don't go here I'm not saying that I'm just saying inside the divine heart of God that we all are in constantly has this perfect jealousy that says you know what that person is not operating the way I created him that church is not functioning this nation this city and he's doing that all the time that's what he that's what he thinks about all the time So he responds. He's not going to, and he's responding through us in partnership. And he's sharing with us, like, I believe this year is going to be so incredible where people are going to function the way he's designed them to. I believe that he's going to explode into them to where they step into wholeness unlike anything they've ever felt before. I feel whole at this point. Do you... In the Spirit, the Lord wants us all to feel a measure of wholeness. And we're going to look at a passage that is just filled with this terminology. But before we do, I want to quickly review the verse in Isaiah 59:16. Can somebody, somebody pull up Isaiah 59, 16? And I want you to read it. We'll wait just a second till you can get there. Isaiah 59, 16. We all know this verse. And I want you to think of it in the context. Does, does, did God just, when he looked out, how did he respond in this, in this verse? What did he do? So, Rick, are you, are you there?
1: Just got there. Okay. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness, it sustained him.
0: So did he just, did, did God just ignore and just say, ah, oh, forget it. You know, they're all screwed down there. I'm just going <laughs> to leave them to their own mess. He did that originally in Genesis, right? Pardon the terminology, but I'm just trying to make a point. Did he respond? Yes. yes. When he looked, what, what, did it, what, what was it that caused him to respond? He saw there was no man and no what? No paga intercessor, and that's what motivated him, the internal drive. The perfect drive of the Lord said, I, I, I need to do this. And then we know that that's a prophetic thing that the, his son came and did. But that's a pattern for all of us. He still responds in a paga manner within who he is. And as we go forth, that's our main message, right? God's still looking for intercessors, right? Paga partners, he's, that's what he's looking for. And he's going to use us and our personalities to speak about this wherever we go. I think that's so cool. I think that's an amazing. And that's what's going to revolutionize people. And that's what's going to revolutionize churches. And that's what's going to revolutionize cities and nations. And we're seeing it in, in a very, and I don't mean this wrong, but in a very um, small manner. But that's going to be exploding on the earth very, very soon as we move forward together. I love that. Now, according to 1 Corinthians 14, 25, and 1 Peter 3, 4, it says the Father sees into, we know, the, the crypto teaching of the heart. Peter referred to it as the, the hidden man of the heart. So we, are so, we are so connected to this earth that we live in. We really are, even as pneumaticus people. God help us to see the way you see. I know we're, we're never going to be perfect at this, but our, our objective and our goal should always be to see how the Father sees. And so when he looks down, he's looking at people. He doesn't look at the, the color of your hair. He doesn't care if it's pink, purple, white, yellow. He doesn't care. He's not focused on the hair. He's not focused on what we wear. Those are all rhyming. I didn't plan that. But he's he's just not. He wants the, the part of the way he created individuals to function the way he designed them. So we know he's designed every person to be a Paga intercessor, right? People that have a problem with that, they have a problem with what God wants them to function in. When we say things that way and we use these scriptures, there's—it's undeniable. You cannot refute that wisdom. You just can't. Now, the eyes of the Lord quickly. This is just a real quick thing. I, I I couldn't, could not read these without because the topic talks about it. The eyes of the Lord is really the eyes of Yahweh. The eyes of His plan are looking. And it says they're in every place, according to Proverbs 15, verse 3. The eyes of Yahweh are in every place. And as he's, he's viewing things in, this, in every place, this word for beholding here, I hadn't... It's been taught on, I'm sure. Beholding here is the word that's translated as watchman. Here, he's... he's to lean forward and he's peering out into the distance. And, and, and what, is he, what is he seeing? He's looking at... The the raw the twisted purpose. I wonder why it's not the other way. I think it's in that order for a reason because he's looking at what's twisted and going, okay, I want to turn that to the tobe. He has the ability to do that, and that's that's really incredible. It didn't say he he's beholding the tobe first. No need to behold that. It's functioning right, isn't it? Right. So he's wanting to focus on the twisted thing and turn that for the good. I, do, I, I like that. It says the eyes of Yahweh run to and fro throughout the whole earth, according to 2 Chronicles 16, 9. It says for the eyes of Yahweh run to and fro throughout the whole earth. And then Psalm 34, verse 15 on page 2 says um, the eyes of Yahweh are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. So you've got... You've got the visionary capability and the auditory, and it works, it works in absolute perfection, are, are focused on those that are the righteous, those that are moving in, in the vision of the Lord that he's revealed. Um, and then when, when we begin to cry out to him, he recognizes that as well. So he can see everything, tobe, raw, it doesn't matter if it's twisted or not twisted, it doesn't matter. He can see everything, in a perfect manner. If it's not operating according to his divine design. He says I want to visit that. And I want function to come to that area of our lives. He's all about. He doesn't want dysfunction. And boy his jealousy will rise up. <laughs> and and I think some of the days that we're headed into. Are going to be really like the days of Moses. Where. He's going to intervene and judgment's going to be released. Plagues are coming. We know that. We know that in Revelation that the angels that come out of the temple they are in heaven, they're coming with some really rough things. But those that are partnering with the Lord are going to know His goodness in profound ways. So with that in mind, we come to John 5. And this is the passage. All of this stuff came last Sunday morning right before worship. And so I've been thinking about it all week <laughs> um, so immediately after this seeing some of the things that the father was doing in our midst I was I was think- this this passage came to me about how this this individual was really in a dysfunctional state and we're going to see this in just a moment but I've titled this section, Bringing Function to Dysfunction, or you can say, and Malfunction. Kind of what Rick was saying a minute ago. That's what God's all about. When He sees individuals, and notice here, we're going to start reading, there is a great multitude of people that are present at this pool, and, and these five porches that are here. So let's, let's read it. In verse 1, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there's at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, and that is Asthanao, those that are that, that have a form without energy, and you know, I've taken this from, from Pastor's uh, book on um, the spirit of infirm, booklet on the spirit of infirmity, form without energy or function. So they're they're there, and they're not functioning the way God originally designed them to. Physically and in other ways, too. And then you've got blind people. Their vision is being affected physically and spiritually, I believe, to where it's very opaque and it's obscure. And then you've got halt people. You've got withered people. And what are they doing there? They're waiting for the moving of the water. This is a very, very bizarre kind of thing. Why? It doesn't say they're waiting on Jesus to come over and lay hands on them, right? I mean, this is a form of healing that is spectacular, and it's directed by the Lord. So this kind of sets the stage. You know, you've got, there are people that we're being directed to that are, they have a form, but they're lacking the, the, um, the spiritual energy and function Of the dunamis to operate according to the divine design. So God sees that, right? We know He recognizes there are people that He has earmarked in the midst of great multitudes. He didn't go, He didn't release this to the entire multitude of people that are there. I mean, it says as we keep reading in verse 5, here we have the stirring of the waters by the angelic. So this is really bizarre, too. I, I mean, why did, why did he choose an angel to come down and stir waters? I mean, why? I mean, why did he do all this? It, just part of his divine design. I, I, some of this I can't explain. I mean, I just know that it's a supernatural thing, obviously. It says, for an angel went down at a certain Kairos season. It's, this is a Kairos timing here. It was, And I believe that as as the son of God, we know he operated perfectly in the timing of the Lord. He did. Perfect. And I believe he's equipping us to discern these types of angelic stirrings that are going to result in people that are not moving and functioning to say the angels are stirring the waters, jump in, and the people get in and all of a sudden they're whole. They're complete. That's, that's not an easy thing to discern, right? But he's, he's equipping us to be able to know this. And it says, and whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, steps in is made whole. And, and I love this term here. Pastor's written in our book on wholeness. And so what does it really mean to be whole? Is it just physical wholeness? And I think a lot of times we, we think, I think, I can't think, but I think, okay, wow, this guy, there was a physical miracle, right? It doesn't say miracle here. He uses the word wholeness, and I believe that this person, whoever it was that was going to receive this, it affected them in every way, not only physically, but mental wholeness. Remember, I, I believe some of the greatest demonstrations of healing are going to be where God revolutionizes them physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, and in every way they are going to be whole. That's the way God wants people to function. This person that he identifies here was not operating the way God designed them to. He recognizes that. And so he sends an angel and this this begins to happen. And it says, whoever... Steps in first is going to be made whole, clean, pure of whatever disease he has. So now he brings in disease here. And if you look at that in the Greek language, it speaks of an ailment or a, you trace it back to its root. It, It refers to a malady of some sort, but it also can be a disability. Okay, so you can imagine where my mind started going. Okay, disability, breaking that down. Disability is the opposite of ability. And ability a lot of times is translated as dunamis or dunami in the New Testament. So (laughs) he's focused on, and I know we in our way of seeing a disability, it's somebody's got it means a lot of different things, but and God recognizes that. But when he sees this, he says, You know what? I didn't create this man to function this way. And it says in verse 5: A certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. Man, we go through something for two months and we think God's left us, right? I mean, this guy's been in this condition for 38 years, a long time. Did you think he was affected mentally by this infirmity? Absolutely. What about socially? Do you think everybody just wanted to be around this guy? Absolutely not. He he can't even get himself. He said it, he verbalized it, said, I can't even get to the water. Somebody always beats me there. (laughs) And imagine emotionally what this had had done to this gentleman. Think about times where you've walked through. Let's think about these last six months. Oh, man. (laughs) We've overcome them (laughs) in a lot of ways. But think about how you felt whenever you're walking through gross darkness, think about when you're in the darkness and you just sense no light at all around you, even though the light of the Lord was there. Times that, times 37 years. This guy was not whole at all. And then look at verse 6. When Jesus saw him lie there and he knew that he'd been in in a... how, he'd been there a long time in that case. He begins declaring something to this man, and he does it in a question: "Wilt thou be made whole?" So Jesus is focusing on recognizing that this this person is not functioning in wholeness, and I believe he saw he saw everything. Every aspect of the way this man was not functioning that way. And he said, do you want to be whole? And the word for say say there is the word Lego. And and so this was done in a very systematic manner is what that means. And so that takes us into the next part where this this asthenial dysfunction yields to function and complete wholeness. In verse 7. The impotent man answered and said, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. And this is another thing that I've been really studying a lot is this, is this phrase, no man. No man. No man understands him. No man, God wonders that there was no man or no intercessor. This, this principle kind of points to Humanity can't do this for you. (laughs) I'm the only one that can bring this type of wholeness. That's what this is getting ready to say. He says, but while I'm coming, another one steps down before me. And Jesus begins to lego in a systematic manner to this man. And he says the first word that he releases is rise. And that is a word of awakening when you look at it. It means to awaken something. Within this person. And, and I believe that at that moment. Is when, when he's releasing that. That there is. It doesn't say this. But the principle is definitely here. Function begins to come into this man. And then he says. The second thing. Is he says take up your bed. That's the last thing I'd be wanting to do right. Leave that bed there. I don't want, I don't, I don't want any, any recollection at all in my mind. So why would Jesus say take up your bed. I believe one of the reasons why is he wants us to remember where we were and where we're going now. He wants us to remember the things he's brought us out from. That's why he takes up this bed and carries it with him. Every time he would look at that bed, he hadn't got to the walking point yet. He's just still... And and When when that word's released, I wonder what happened on the inside of this, this man. Obviously, I know there's an awakening. Something comes alive because of the word that's used. But then as he's taking this bed, Jesus said, not only do you take the bed, but I want you to walk. And that's where function comes in. So, he was void of any kind of spiritual energy and function until Jesus said something to him. He noticed he didn't have to go into the pool where the water was being stirred by the angel, right? He began to function because of the release of the word of the Lord to him. And that's where... So why did God do that that way? Hey, Through his son. Monica, you're going to... Go ahead. I just have a comment. Because yeah.
1: this is something that's really been on my heart a lot. I think so much of it is in the response. is in the, the partnership. Because he tells him to... This is about overcoming. He tells him to rise up and walk and the guy takes the initiative to stand and to walk and it's it, it's so much in our response to God to to respond to that dunamis to function to choose that and to that, that to me that is so much about our overcoming so it's to me it's about he wants us to partner with him in the dunamis you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. So why did he do it that way? I think he was expecting the guy to respond, to, to rise up, to be obedient and to rise up. And you know, it's the same with Peter and the guy at the gate and it's the guy with the withered hand, you know, stretch out your hand. We have to be willing to meet God there and, and, and know where that's gonna take us. And it's, it's, it's like you said, it's like you carry your bed. You remember where you came from but your walk is your destiny and your purpose. You're going into function. Yeah,
0: you're not going to lay back down in that bed. No. Which I want, all you're want going to you're going walk. Right. You're going to walk within. Yeah. So those are some good points. It's just really interesting, though, how the, the, the scenario is almost like everybody else is like, oh, you got to get in the water. You've got to get in the water. He never made it to the water. Jesus turns to him. All the other multitudes are still there. They're in the water hoping to get healing, Right. And it's there too, but for some reason he changed his method of bringing the healing, and he, he speaks, and that's when this guy's made whole. It's just really interesting. It, it, he's not trying to trick us, but he, I, there's got to be some other reasons why. I, I don't know. It's just fascinating, all the, everything that's there. Hey, Mark. Yes.
1: Also, when you know, he was obedient to take up his bed, right that's
0: good that's that's so true look what happens in verse nine and immediately the man began to walk in, in wholeness and immediately there pastors taught on the that's uh two two words you and theos but when you break down you and theos it breaks down to you you and to themi. and that kind of is very interesting. I need to go back and look at that and study that further in, in light of you know, some of the recent teaching that he did on, on the, the word to Um This man was made whole, and he took up his bed, and he walked. And then he says, on the same day was the Sabbath. So we know what's getting ready to happen on the Sabbath, right? You cannot do this. You can't work. You can't do this. And so now the Jews are all upset. They're really frustrated, you know, that he's, he's brought this type of wholeness to this person that have been in that condition for 38 years. And they're focused on, oh, you've, you've broke the Sabbath. You've performed work. You've, you've picked up, you, you've taken up that bed. That's work, oh my God, you can't do that. I remember as a little boy, he's a, even as a teenager. Man, if I wanted to think about going hunting in the afternoon on a Sunday, if my dad gets a if he hears this, he's probably gonna be offended, but it's true. <laughs> I I was told you you couldn't do any of that stuff. You can't do anything on the Sabbath. It's a day of rest. And we were all taught that. Is that really? Is God focused? Is he going to get mad at me for getting up in a deer stand or in a deer blind on a Sunday afternoon? Is he going to get really irate with me for doing that? That's ludicrous. But that's kind of what we were taught. (laughs) Only if you shoot them, right? Yes. (laughs) We did it. (laughs)
1: We get mad.
0: <laughs> yeah, those, those vegans, boy, they would really get upset. They need to go back and read Genesis chapter 1, though, because where did he get the skin to cover the people? He had to kill an animal, right? That's another teaching altogether. So in John 5, verse 6, I do, I do want to mention this. Identifying dysfunction... I believe spiritually the Lord has equipped us to be able to identify dysfunction in his body. And whenever we identify it, then he wants us to step into the release of the grace cures and the working of miracles that will cause function within the body. I mean, here we see Jesus, he's operating as the son and I know we're going to face religious voices that are going to rise up and say, you know what, That Jesus did that. There's no way we can do that. What are you talking about? There are people that think that way. Okay, well, he's the son, right? He's our model. But we are also to operate as sons of God, right? We're not saying we're Jesus. We're not saying we're God. But we're saying as a son, it's our privilege and partnership to move in these same ways. So it says that when he saw that man lying there, he knew, Gnosko, that he had been in that condition a long time. So it's like when we go into a a new scenario, or a new church, or a new gathering, I believe his spirit has so honed this skill in us that we can identify when people are not functioning. I mean, we can walk in a church, we can walk in the Methodist church, or we can walk in the Catholic church up the street here, and we could, we could see dysfunction easily, right? We could see people that are not functioning the way God designed them to. We can look into our families, our immediate families, and go, man, they're not functioning as a diver's intercessor, right? But it becomes a little bit more challenging. Let's say you're in the midst of a, I'm going to use a phrase here, a catch-the-fire gathering. Or some of these well-known ministries that are out there. And God's sent us there to say it's a little bit harder to discern dysfunction in, in that atmosphere. But I believe that we're going to be in those those environments where He's going to say, okay, this, this place is not functioning the way I designed it to speak this word or, or release this word. And, and people are going to begin to... It may not be for the multitudes. It, for this situation, it was only for one person. And I'm believing that it's going to not only be it's going to be for the group that God wants it to be for, and but He's equipped us to do that. Now, let's look at John. I'm not going to read all the stuff about the Jews. Okay, the Jews wanted to wanted to kill him initially, and then when he started saying, "Okay, um, you should," I'm sent from the Father, and da da da, and then they then they get. Then they start using slayer terms. They wanted to slay him because he said he's equal with God. So it it starts out with killing and then it goes to slaying. So it just progressively gets worse. And then it comes to verse 19. And Jesus says this to the religious ones. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The son can do nothing of himself, But what he sees the father do, What things so he does, There also the son does. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that himself does. And he will show him greater works that you may marvel. So sons are designed to see what the father is doing. And what we see our father doing, that's what we actively partner with in the earth and seeing him cause people to marvel. I think that's awesome. That's great. Let's look at page three. We are almost done here. So, function, wholeness. Now, we're focused on the establishment of houses of tepila or proshuke. And I believe as we go forward, wherever these are like signs that are going to follow us, the principle that, that's there. And we may not not be speaking on the the establishment of this place being a house of prayer, but it's going to just follow us. That's just who the Lord is and who He's made us to be. Isaiah prophesied about this, and I'm not going to read this entire passage, but I do want to read verse 7. He says, Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer, or to Pilah their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar for my house will be called a house of tepila for all people. And so as we go forward the Lord is going to be establishing this in the places where He sends us. Jesus spoke of this. Matthew, Mark, and Luke spoke of, of the, house, the Father's house is to be functioning a certain way it's just the way that's the way it is he's given us the insights of how it's supposed to function that's great that's awesome so we know what dysfunction is right because we were that way at one point in our lives we know what malfunction is all about because we can do that ourselves as we kind of conjectured about earlier I just think this is, this is incredible. I'm not going to read all these. I want you to go back and just take a look at that. I'm going to finish with James chapter 3. Wisdom from above is identified first as being hagnos. In James 3, verses 13 through 18, it says this. For who is a wise man and wise as Sophos and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show it out of a callous conversation with with meekness of wisdom, or Sophia, which stems from Sophos. But if there's bitter envying and strife in your hearts, you're not moving in the glory and you're lying against the aletheia, the truth. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. So we, we know this comparison, but what struck me was, was what comes next. So anytime there's, there's, there's bitter bittering, envying, and there's strife that's going on inside us, we need to know that that wisdom is being characterized as being earthly, sensual, and, and demonic forces are influencing us. And then he carries it even further and says where envying and strife is, There's confusion, and the word for confusion here means there's instability and disorder. I've known what that's felt like over these last number of years too. (laughs) Instability and disorder is a direct result of wisdom that is not from above. And then every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first, and first there is proton, which comes from protos, and protos comes from pro. So we've had teachings on where at first is apostles. That's the same terminology. But we're talking about the wisdom that's from above is first hagnos, and that stems from hagios, which is saintly. And hagios comes from hagos, and that means an awful thing. So the wisdom is taking the light into the darkness. But as we do that, God is focused on things that are awful or they're not functioning the way he's designed it to and he says okay i'm sending you there in my wisdom that's what we're taking part in with the lord in this year of wisdom and revelation among many other things i hadn't seen that till now and it's a time release so lord we welcome your wisdom in this Hagnost year where you're focused on things that are not That are not functioning the way you've designed it, but Lord, you're bringing function this year. You are establishing houses of prayer all over the world in a new way, and Lord, you're you're wanting to bring people into complete wholeness mentally, physically, socially, emotionally, and every other way that I did not mention. That is your concept of wholeness. You design mankind to be absolutely freed from anything that would bind us. And Lord, as we've been fasting, those are some of the results. You're You're gonna loose the bands of wickedness. Those things that have tried to tie people up and try tie us up and twist and get us all knotted up, you're releasing us from that. And Lord, we thank you for that privilege because Lord, what's coming is so great None of us have truly envisioned what you have prepared for those because we have agape you. Right. We thank you and we praise you. And I just speak blessing and restoration of anything that the enemy stolen for years. We declare your restorative work in every person yes. and in this network and throughout whatever you're going to establish in this year and the years to come. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Right, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you soon as we go to worship.